on today's show with all the hubbub about Watt Soto maybe being on the half yard line to being traded. There's also another player, Jake Kernworth, that is reportedly someone the Padres are looking to move as well. So let's talk about Kernworth, the possibility of him being traded, and a whole lot more. Let's get into it. Woo! You are locked on Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, December 6th, December 6th, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is it seven? I am stupid. Anyway, everybody, welcome to another edition of the podcast for December 6th. As always, I am clearly not always the host with the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you want only Padre stuff, at LO underscore Padre. has been tweeting about that, asking for your guys' takes on a flurry of news and reports, especially over there. I love interacting with you guys. Lockdown Padres on YouTube as well. Today's episode, we are going to be talking really quickly about Jake Cronenworth and a little bit of an update on the whole Juan Soto business. So without further ado, uh, let's just jump right on into it. That's right. We're starting on fire today. We ain't got time. Time waits for no one, I think, is the saying. Uh, So earlier this morning, there's a couple of things that have come out. First of all, it is being reported by Andy Martino and a whole bunch of other people, including Brandon K-U-T-Y, reporter for The Athletic who covers the Yankees, saying, not to be all super alarmist, but if someone were to say this Yankees-Padres Juan Soto deal was on the one-yard line, I'm getting the feeling it's more like the half-yard line. So, that's where we're at right now. Um, We're going to talk about him a little bit towards the later end of the show, but I want to talk about Jake Cronenworth because Dennis Lynn also put out a tweet earlier this morning saying, as the Padres and Yankees continue working toward a Juan Soto trade, Jake Cronenworth is another trade candidate for San Diego. As first reported by Mark Feinsam, Cronenworth's seven-year, $80 million extension begins in 2024. He has an eight-team no-trade clause that kicked in this offseason. So here's the thing. I want to start off by first saying I really do like Jay Cronenworth, and I think that clearly the front office likes him too, and that's why they gave him that extension. Um, I think that he was a player that is a little bit like one of the avatars for the Padres, I actually would say, over these past few years. I think that it's been Tatis, obviously, as number one, kind of the face of the franchise, Manny Machado, um, Joe Musgrove, and I would argue that Jake Cronenworth is in that four. Uh, You've got some other players like Eric Hosmer who were the face of the franchise, perhaps for some people for more infamous uh, reasons of him not performing up to expectations for a lot of people. But with Jake Cronenworth, I mean, this is a guy who, if not for him... That would have been another blemish on A.J. Preller's resume, potentially. Now, Tommy Pham wasn't disastrous for the Padres back in 2020 and 2021, but he wasn't very good. And in 2021, in fact, he became what many other Padres players are, which apparently are just invisible in the clutch. And then all of a sudden, he goes to the Diamondbacks, and he's doing great, and they're in the World Series, right? So they make that trade initially with Xavier Edwards and, I believe, was it Manuel Margot? Or, or someone else, or Hunter Renfro, I think it was Hunter Renfro, um, for Tommy Pham um, and Jay Cronenworth. And Jay Cronenworth was just kind of the afterthought. And don't get me wrong, you never know with trades, right? Like, I think that's what's so important about prospects. Likewise, goes the other way, where just because you're trading a, a big-time, highly-valued prospect doesn't mean they'll become something, right? And that's what kind of happened here um, with Jay Cronenworth. And he started off amazing. 
for the Padres, 1.6 F4 in 2020 in just 54 games. He slashed 285 with a 354 on base, 475 slugging. All of his red on baseball savant was palatable, 126 WRC+. Plus. Not a big home run hitter, but I remember actually writing for fan-sided, comparing him to Ben Zobrist, actually, a little bit, where he was that type of player that the Padres had. A utility infielder who could play a bunch of positions, makes all the right plays. He's not going to hit for a lot of power, but he's going to, you know, slapping, slap-type hitter. You know what I mean? Luis Arise, that type of player. You know what I mean? A little bit more slugging, but you get my point. And I think that's what he was, and it was so exciting. While he didn't, you know, necessarily have the all-parts-equal sort of hitting style that I think Ben Zobrist might have had at points in his career... He had that similar vibe where the Rays were known for Evan Longoria and, you know, Melvin Upton, right? Also would become future Padre. Players like that, James Shields, uh, Alex Cobb at the time, right? Like um, David Price, like those were the heads of the team. And then you had that little nucleus core guy in Ben Zobrist who was just really awesome for the team. And Cronenworth looked like that, especially that first year. He was excellent, right? And then it's like, okay, well, it's just a 2020 season. In 2020, uh, Jose Altuve looked like he was a bad player, right? Like, Jose, Jose Altuve, everyone was convinced, oh, he's bad now. And guess what? He wasn't. It was just a weird season. And then the year after, he followed it up. He supported all the stuff that he did, hitting 266 with a 340 on base, 460 slugging percentage, and a 117 WRC+. So certainly not, like, core numbers that were as better, but he also made improvements. He actually cut down on his strikeout rate a little bit. And his BABIP was really high in 2020. And in this year, it was 283, which showed you that it wasn't like all luck or anything like that. And then the next year happened. And that was 2022, in which he went from being a 117 WRC plus guy to 239, 332, 390 slash line with a 110 WRC plus. But, but, here's the thing. Still the same F4 total. Why? Because Jay Cronenworth was also a very good defensive player for the Padres. Whether it be at second, whether it be at shortstop sometimes. Heck, maybe once or twice when he played third. When he played first base when he had to. Not his entire time, obviously. As he would eventually this past season, as everybody knows. But he was just that solid player. And don't get me wrong, he struggled at points. But I remember hearing some reports that he might have been hurt. So even with all that, it was like a really exciting time. But even when you look at all that and you consider it, you think about the fact that this guy wasn't a highly touted prospect to begin with. And then you look at, frankly, his percentile rankings. Don't get me wrong. Go on Baseball Savant and you see 2020. He looks like he's Juan Soto, right? Like, it's just all red aside from his arm strength. You know what I mean? Just absolutely killing it. And then the year after, a little bit of a decline. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? A little bit of a decline in some areas. But he was still so good at being a player who'd put the bat on the ball. He never whiffs, he never strikes out, and he had a a decent walk rate as well. Even if he wasn't always hitting the ball as hard as everybody else, it didn't matter. And we've seen that baseball savant and metrics like that don't tell the full story. And I think Jay Cronenworth was a great example of that, not to mention the defense. And then, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we had 2022, where everything went down. Right From 2021, things went down, and then from 2022, they went down again. And then A.J. Prowler, the genius that he is, gives Jake Cronenworth a seven-year extension. And that's where we're at now, ladies and gentlemen. But before we keep talking about why I think personally that this might be arguably Prowler's worst move and how he could potentially be on the move and what they could get in return, I want to quickly take a second to talk about our friends over at Jace medical ladies and gentlemen i know we come to sports for an escape but real quick we got to get back to reality and talk about the fact that look according to the fda 
Pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. It is It can be a scary time for sure, but, but let me tell you, nothing scarier than also being helpless in such a situation. And with Jace Medical, let me tell you, let me tell you, they can help you out, guys. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among others, the stuff that can happen to basically anyone. And it's cool with all the supply shortages. Maybe you're going for, maybe you're traveling, right? Maybe you're traveling and you wanna just have something you could take with you and whatnot. Jace is here to cover you. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Very cool stuff, guys. It's been never been more uh, important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, not J-A-C-E, not J-A-Y-C-E, for any of my League of Legends fans out there. Uh, it's J-A-S-E medical.com and use the offer code LOCKEDON to get $20 off your order. Go check it out. And just like that, we are back here on the Lockdown Padres podcast. I also want to take a second, guys, to talk to you about uh, our Lockdown National Station. Let me tell you, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top stories of the day with local experts, including occasionally, sometimes yours, truly. Uh, national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. The first ever national 24-7 sports streaming channel. Very cool stuff, guys. Let's talk more about Cronenworth. I think that Cronenworth's extension could be one of the worst moves that AJ Preller has ever made. I know. You might be thinking, well, what about the Ty France and Austin Nola move? Okay. But at least that one, it was, like, really competitive in 2020. Um, you said, all right, you know what? We can't keep dealing with the fact that we have a combination of Francisco Mejia and Austin Hedges who don't really give us anything out of catching. Um, and you said, you know what? Let's go get a catcher who's been doing okay defensively. Things are looking good for him, and he's a hitter. He get on base, do good stuff. And by the way, Austin was also decent enough in 2021 when he was healthy. Um, at least there was reason to that, where you said, let's go for it. And for anybody who wants to like yell, it's also like, well, Ty France, yeah, that one stings. But they had Eric Hosmer at the time. So it's not like you knew what like you were going to be able to do anything for Ty France. Of course, I want to be in the multiverse, the Earth 65888 or whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? Where where we had Ty France as the first baseman instead of Eric Hosmer. And he's the guy just manning the corner for us right now, even in a down year that he had for Seattle last year. I'd love to live in that multiverse, but we didn't. So at least there's like a world where that makes sense. Mike Clevenger. At the time, he was awesome, and again, they were going for it. I don't want, I don't want to call a team going for it when there's actually like a reasonable expectation in a shortened season. You have one of the best records in the league. You've been one of the best teams in the league. Going for it, not all that crazy, especially for a franchise that never makes it. You got teams like the Brewers and the Guardians who haven't been there since uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001: A Space Odyssey came out, and they're the ones that are like, oh, wait, we got to worry about the future. It's like, well, you, you guys even have, you haven't had a past. You know what I mean? So at least with those moves. There was an aggressive thinking that said, let's try and go for it now. And the stuff they gave up, Logan Allen, Cal Quantrill, um, Josh Naylor, while those players turned out okay for Cleveland, it's not like you lost crazy stuff. For me, Jay Cronenworth is the worst move because he, as I illustrated in the first segment, has gotten worse every single year. He's a utility player, the type of player that I personally do not like extending um, because I think that they are a little bit more replaceable. 
um, compared to other positions. Don't get me wrong, I like Cronenworth, and I still like Cronenworth as a player, by the way. I really do. Um, that you just, those aren't the type of guys that you extend uh, for very long term because they're just, they're kind of like depth pieces. They're, they're really, really good depth pieces that can play all across the diamond, but especially if you want him to be playing first base, you're taking away the value he gives you from being a good defender in the infield. He's a fine defender at first base. I actually think quite good at times, um, especially compared to what the Padres have fielded there before. But for you to you know have him at first base, you need to get a lot more offensively than just a slap-hitting 10-home-run guy uh, out of first base. You know what I mean? Even if Cronenworth went back to his, let's say, that second year where he hit like 266 with a 340 on base, even that it could be a little bit tough. You're basically hoping that he's Ty France. You know what I mean? Like, that's basically what you're hoping for. And considering that he had gotten worse every year, that's what made me so concerned about the extension to begin with. And the other problem is this. You just signed Bogarts. Like, maybe you could argue, why did you... Um, why would you kind of sign Bogarts in the first place if you have a Cronenworth and a Kim and Tatis, who we didn't know at the time would translate to right field, but follow along with my thinking, it just shows you a clear, from AJ Preller's perspective, like a lack of just being prepared in the vision. And I, I respect going for it, obviously, and I respect trying to just get as many good players and taking a we'll-figure-it-out-later approach. But in this case with first base, I don't understand who you were bidding against. That's my biggest thing with the Jay Cronenworth thing, which is why I think it might be AJ Preller's um, worst overall move that he's made. Because as a result, now we're having talks about, oh, well, can he move to first base? You know what I mean? Should he be moving to first base? Which is crazy. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, Xander Bogarts moving to first base. And I don't understand. All right, five years, okay. But this past season was arbitration. The next year is arbitration. And then you have seven more years after that. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2031. This was the type of player that you keep on your team. It's a low-cost option who you could potentially move if you had to, right? If things shook out poorly, right? If you figured out if he had the year that he had this year where you're like, you know what? I bet you he doesn't work for us, but a lot of teams will definitely pay a decent price because you get his value from the defensive stuff in the infield and just have a utility guy that's a lot more valuable, I think, to other teams, but not as a first baseman. So it's, it's like you kept, he was the type of player that actually made more sense to trade than to extend, uh, given all of the Padres' moves with their extensions, with Soto at the time, with Manny at third base, with Kim at short, Tatis, all that sort of stuff, right? Um, and instead you extended him. And I just really don't understand. I don't understand what other team was out there that was ready to give him five years, let alone seven, uh, given that he was still an arbitration-eligible player. So to that I just didn't understand it, and I think that that's one of the that's the biggest issue here. So can he be traded? Sure. Um, I think AJ Preller, frankly, would be an executive of the year if you were to trade him. Now, the actual salary isn't bad. It's actually not bad at all. The problem is the years. Seven years for a utility player. Um, he's making seven million uh, according to SpotTrack this year. Then it'll be 11, 12, 12, 12, 12 for the rest of the contract. Twelve million dollars a year is not bad. It's just that there's so many teams in the league that are cheap, as we talk a lot about on this podcast, that trading a contract like that is going to be a little bit difficult. Um, you look at some of the teams that have a, de a decent amount of payroll. You look at maybe the Phillies. You look at the Astros. You look at There's definitely teams out there that would like Jake Cronenworth, but I'm wondering how hard is that's going to be in tough negotiations because their thing will be, well, he hurts you more, 
and he would help us more because we wouldn't be playing at first base. So we know that you're trading him because you kind of have to trade him given the Bogarts and all the moves you've made. So that's going to be a hard thing to pull off. Like maybe the Rockies will be silly enough to bring in Jake Cronenworth and give us something in return. Um, I think that what you'd be looking for, and I actually, not to take away, uh, not that this was an entirely breathtaking thought, but I just want to shout out somebody on Twitter had responded to me, uh, Seattle John, actually, at John PHI 7056453, said a middle reliever and a low prospect is kind of what you've been looking at here. And I agree. It would be mostly a salary dump, and I think getting a reliever would be the best case scenario for the Padres. I don't know who's out there necessarily. I think the Cubs could have been interesting, if not for the fact that they've got some infielders too, if I'm not mistaken, actually. Because I know they have Nico Horner. I know they have Nico Horner, and they have... Um, What's-his-face, Dansby Swanson. So it doesn't really totally fit um, exactly for this team. Just looking at their depth chart, like with short and second base kind of covered, third base maybe, would they want to move Nick J. Cronenworth to third base? Or could they move Nico Horner or Dansby Swanson to third base? And then you put Cronenworth in the infield? I wouldn't mind that, and I wouldn't mind, say, Juice Smiley, a, you know, a, a, a Merriweather. What's his name? Uh, Julius. Julian. Merriweather players like that like a decent reliever that you get in return and then some low-level prospect you're not getting someone like Pete Armstrong again I'm mostly fantasizing here but I'm just giving you an idea of what it could look like um, a trade for Jake Cronenworth I don't have specifics and no lockdown host has gotten back to me just yet to talk about mock trade proposal ideas so that's what I would be looking at if I'm the Padres or the other route of this is do they have to attach a prospect to get rid of him um, that's possible but then again I mean look at past history we all thought that the Padres were going to have to attach a crazy prospect with Eric Hosmer and instead they also got Juan Soto in return right like yes they had to technically attach prospects but that was more so for Soto himself right and then they also had to give up Luke Voigt but like the Nationals were like whatever we're salary dumping anyway we, we can take on stuff like this so if you want to look at rebuilding teams yeah a team like the Rockies could be interesting maybe a team like the Pirates Pirates are a weird, weird team, although they might be okay too. But, you know, their second base room, not all that impressive right now. You know, they've got, apparently, it's projected to be Leover Paguero, um, who I don't know anything about. Maybe he's a high-value prospect. I'm not really sure. You could have O'Neill Cruz at shortstop. You have Cabrian Hayes at third. Maybe that's a team. Maybe you go and shop with the Pittsburgh Pirates. They actually had low-key, like a pretty okay bullpen at points. So maybe you get one of those guys. In return, maybe, but then again, it's also the Pirates, and the Pirates don't want to spend any money. So this is what's so difficult about trading Drake Cronenworth. I know I didn't get into the the weeds of other potential teams, maybe the White Sox, but the White Sox don't like spending money either. So that's the problem, is all of the obvious teams that could afford the salary for this long um, don't uh, want to spend money. White Sox, Guardians, potentially. Uh, I just mentioned maybe the Rockies. The Rockies are the only team that's like not a very good team, with potential issues with depth that would be more than willing to take on the salary. I could see a world in which we flummox the the Rockies for sure. That'd be so disrespectful to Jay Cronenworth, but again, I'm just giving ideas. Um, but it's for all these reasons why I think that he may be, um, it may be the worst move that AJ Power has ever made because you've put yourself in a really bad position given all the other moves you've made. If Bogarts isn't on this team and Cronenworth is playing second and Kim is at short, I'd love that. That'd be great. Because then you would still have a low level, a low cost option in Cronenworth there. But instead, he's decently pricey enough, and it's for a long time. Um, now, granted, again, I want to emphasize, I think he could do really well elsewhere. 
I really, really do believe that because he's done okay for us too. 4.2 F4 um, the two previous seasons uh, before the Padres, Jake Cronenworth, right? So that's good. That's very good. You know what I mean? Look at look at the damn Yankees. Are the Yankees going to potentially take this on as well? Uh, would it be crazy? I mean, that team is weird with their depth too, with second base and do they hate Glaber Torres? <laughs> you know what I mean? And third base has been weird for them for a while. So maybe that's a potential team that could take him. Um, but them too, like they've been weird. So again, if you have to attach a prospect to this guy, I would consider doing it. Hopefully, I don't think you'd have to attach like a crazy one. You know what I mean? Or you just just hope on the Rockies or some team that's like crazy enough to do that. Although, again, I do think he'd be a good player. So I want to brace Padres fans for the fact that if they are to trade him, he would probably go to a team where he would be used properly in that utility and middle infield role and probably be infinitely more valuable. I really, really do, um, rather than being a first baseman. So it's one of those trades where the guy is probably going to get better elsewhere. It's just that where the Padres are right now with their roster and given their budget restraints, it's just where we are. So it makes sense, but middle reliever is kind of where I'm at uh, for best case scenario in terms of what could really help the team right now uh, instead of just being purely a salary dump. I'm looking for a middle reliever, so we'll have to see. And if Dennis Lynn is reporting it, maybe it's because they actually think they might be able to get some traction here. But then again, they also said that for Eric Cosbird. We were almost close. Remember the Dom Smith trade? Remember that one? It was, I think it was Dom Smith and who was it? Who was the, the pitcher that was involved? I'm trying to remember who it was. It was Dominic Smith and someone else for like Chris Paddock and Eric Cosmer or something like that, right? Like, and I was like, sure, like whatever. And then it ends up falling through. Um, so that's, that's a whole thing, guys. That's a whole thing. But. Ladies and gentlemen, let's take a little bit of a quick break before we talk about a little bit of an update on Juan Soda. Very fun. So after these messages. And don't worry, we back. Don't worry, we back on the Lockdown Padres podcast. You know you love it. Sometimes you even love to hate it. Let's talk about the updates on Juan Soto, ladies and gentlemen. So there's a couple of bombs that came out this morning on Juan Soto. Let me read them for you real quick. Juan Soto. So what's funny is that one of the original things that came out was actually Jack Curry of uh, the Yes Network uh, making a comment this morning. And this was like one of the things that I first saw when I woke up. When a trade of this magnitude with a superstar in Soto and four or five other players is being sorted out, many issues need to be resolved, including medicals. And when multiple pitchers are involved, those various injury histories need to be reviewed. It's all part of the process. He also says, with the expectation that King and Thorpe, Michael King and Drew Thorpe, would be included in a Soto trade, my hunch is that means Schmidt and Hampton won't be moved. Could see Brito and Vasquez being dealt since Padres could use a catcher. Perhaps Yankees move one of their catchers as part of the deal, too. So, look, there's all sorts of things flying over. But they say it's close to being finalized, as per John Morosi, who came out with a big, big bomb um, a, a few hours ago, basically saying, yeah. Uh, the Padres return that Juan Soto trade is expected to include King, Thorpe, and at least two additional players. So to me, that sounds like maybe a reliever, maybe a very, very low-level prospect, or uh, the catcher, as Jack Curry was pointing to. I do like this trade, um, in theory. Now, obviously, in theory, uh, this is awful of a return in a vacuum for Juan Soto. That's how good of a player it is. But when you consider that it's only one more year, and you consider the fact that the Padres need pitching desperately, and that they need to shed some salary... 
I think it makes the most sense here. You would help the back end of your rotation. Not to mention you could maybe, maybe, it's a little bit of a pipe dream pie in the sky, have some help from the farm system with Dylan Lesko and Robbie Snelling and some others, right? Maybe you get a little bit out of Matt Waldron. I said it right again. Uh, or Pedro Avila, et cetera, et cetera. And then maybe you sign uh, someone like, you know, Frankie Montas, who I've been mentioning a lot. Or say a, I don't know, Cal Hendricks for like nothing. Kenta Maeda, Michael Lorenzen, those type of pitchers, right? That would absolutely be big. And then you just have to hope that you Darvish is healthy, right? And then we're in business, at least as best business as you can be. We're just, we're trying out here, guys. We're trying. Um, I think that this would make a lot of sense. Um, one of the big problems with this deal and why it's so frustrating has nothing to do with what they're actually going to do, which sounds like it could be so to the Yankees. And of course, guys, I will put out an immediate reaction video. It'll be like five minutes long when the trade happens, if when the trade happens to the Yankees, just to give my quick thoughts on what the overall return is. And then tomorrow or the day after, whenever it is, I could be doing a crossover with Locked On Yankees again, talking about how it might be a win for both sides. So that should be fun. But here's the thing. The trade, this is why... And I've gotten some flack for this. I've, I've long said, I don't understand how you trade your whole future for Soto. Don't get him extended, but then had enough money to extend apparently every other player on the roster. Whether it be Robert Suarez, Cronenworth, who we talked about, Manny Machado, Yu Darvish, all those guys. And then giving out money to Xander Bogarts. I don't understand how you do all those things when you just trade for Juan Soto. Well, he won't sign an extension. Okay, then. Why are you... Because... Then it's like, oh, well, it's worth it because we're doing it for two and a half years of Soto. Even just two and a half years is worth giving up a haul for because we want to be competitive now. Agreed, but guess what? We're not getting that last year, are we? So it was more like a year and a half of Juan Soto. Still, you could debate semantics. Was it still worth it for a team that was going for it, that was in playoff contention for sure in 2020, um, 2022, and then a team that was expected to be by basically everyone who just saw the roster uh, expected to be playoff um, in playoff contention this year. Is that worth it? Maybe. Sure. And then that makes you wonder, well, then guys, if that's worth it, then this is why people are getting mad at the Yankees fans being like, just because they're your top available prospects doesn't mean that they are actually like top level talent you're giving up for a year of Juan Soto. Um, especially not to mention that you're the Yankees and you could extend him if you wanted to, probably. You could figure it out. I refuse to believe that you can't figure it out. Or you could be like, fine, test free agency, go ahead. I brought this up with Mookie Betts. Oh, well, the Red Sox said he's asking for he's asking for $480 million. He ain't going to get that. So go out, tell him, we dare you, go ahead, try it. You're not going to get that. And then he'll come back to you and then you pay him his money. Because you're the Yankees and you can afford to do that. So, and not to mention... As a friend of mine who I think has actually been on the podcast before, Emily Nyman, uh, who you might have seen <laughs> rummaging around Twitter being an absolute lunatic as always. Um, she's a very fun follow. Everybody, I recommend everyone check her out. Sorry, but you couldn't pay me to care about the 2025 Yankees. I will take every single year of Judge and Cole's prime one year at a time. Win now. Yankees have the roster and the means to worry about each year as it comes. They don't have to play the long game. Get great players now. Exactly. You're like, you're the Yankees. You can figure it out. If the Padres can out here can be out here manifesting a farm system, I'm pretty sure you guys can manifest a, a farm system or just get other free agents as they come along. Because you're the Yankees. Absent the Dallas Cowboys, you're the biggest team in the league. Not trying to make this too much of a Yankees thing, but that's where we are. And again, to circle back to my original point before I go too much on a tangent, 
That's why I, I don't understand this this Padres team. It's not that this current deal doesn't make sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. I like the idea of King and Thorpe, although I think King has been mightily, mightily overrated as an overall player in a vacuum lately. Um, just because it's like he, you know, like he he's been he's had injury problems and he had like one really great month. Like let's relax just a little bit, please. Um, although that being said. Let Niebla cook. You know what I mean? I, I want Ruben Niebla to cook. I'm excited for Michael King if that's the return. Um, I just think that there's there's just a lot of questions here about foresight. Because if you were willing to do that, did you not know that spending on all those players, Padres I mean, would then make it that ownership was going to say, actually, we're going to cut back this year. Whatever it is... Whether it be Preller, whether it be ownership, whether it be the ownership group, whether it be unlucky that you're that you had to take out a loan, I don't know. Uh, bottom line is there was a serious lack of foresight for you to be in this situation where you traded your future for one and a half years of a guy when it should have been two and a half years of a guy uh, because you have a payroll issue, right? If you had a payroll issue, then why'd you do Bogarts and Machado and Darvish and Cronenworth and Suarez? If it was that you were always never going to be able to extend him, then Still, why are you extending all those guys and then making it? Like, let's say you, um, how do I phrase this? Let's say you knew that you weren't going to be able to extend um, Juan Soto. Okay, then you want it for the two and a half years. Then don't extend Manny Machado and Robert Suarez and you Darvish and Jake Cronenworth. Because then you might have some money to maneuver and maybe go get Shohei Otani right now, right? Or maybe do what I was very interested in last year. I love him. I love him so much, but if it means maybe having more flexibility, maybe you go get Matt Chapman for a lot less, right? Like, that's that's where I'm at right now, if that all makes sense. If your plan was, we know we won't be able to afford him in free agency, why did you extend all those other guys and make it that you now have to trade Juan Soto? That's what makes me think that there was a huge lack of foresight here. But regardless, we're going to see. I hope that all made sense to you guys. Um... Also, apparently, um, I'm hearing Eduardo Rodriguez expected to make a decision Thursday. It's down between two teams, according to John Heyman. I am hoping to God that this is going to be one of the rare winter meetings that actually results in moves being made. They're saying Otani could make decision by the end of the week. Soto's at the half-yard line. Very exciting stuff, guys. But that's all the time we have for today. That all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod. That may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapena, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Look forward to tomorrow's podcast that will probably be about Juan Soto. That should be a lot of fun. Working on my low, um, by working on, I mean waiting for all the other news to, to die down. Going to be talking about some lower tier free agents. Some that probably will surprise you guys um, that I think the Padres should be looking into. Whether it be relievers or some like decent you know, DH options, and this is all, by the way, predicated on what they get for Soto, what happens with, say, Jung Ho Lee, who I talked about yesterday, all that stuff, obviously, Trent Grisham, but just in terms of in a vacuum players that I like, um, we're going to be talking about that as well, crossovers, all sorts of stuff, very exciting times indeed, guys, so until those next exciting times, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies, take care.